episode number 67, Turning Setbacks into Strength, featuring Faith Judson. I am so excited for our first ever guest here on the Heal Your Burnout podcast, and there is no one better to have on to talk about habits, all things exercise and nutrition related, starting off the new year strong, other than the fabulous Faith Judson. Faith is a NASM certified personal trainer, a precision nutrition certified nutrition coach, and a certified functional strength coach. She started working at a gym her freshman year of college, moved on to working in a fitness boutique doing personal and small group training, and she is now head coach at Orange Theory Fitness. Faith also creates fitness programs and provides nutritional coaching for her own clients under her business Body by Faith. She loves being able to help people create a healthy, lasting lifestyle. Be sure to connect with Faith on Instagram. Her handle is faith.judson. In this episode, she shares so much wisdom. Faith covers habit hacks that produce lasting results, simple steps for gym newbies and gym veterans, how to honor promises you make to yourself, keeping goals realistic, not restrictive, overcoming food guilt and all or nothing thinking, and why you need more than motivation to achieve your goals. Faith is so wise. She is one of the strongest women that I've ever met. And most importantly, she's my fitness instructor. I go to Faith's Orange Theory class all the time. And you're absolutely going to love this episode. We're getting into it in three, two, one. Welcome to the Heal Your Burnout podcast, where us hustlers come together to have solution-focused conversations weekly. My name is Amber Connolly a former burnt out clinician and academic turned transformative coach. If you are a productive patty, miss I can do it all, or if you are ready to ditch the exhaustion, you have come to the right place. Each week I'll be providing you with wellness tips and trainings, inspiring you to look within, replace habits that are keeping you stuck, and offering insights to help you maintain your brilliance. If you are craving clarity, self-care, support, and mindset hacks, look no further. This is where your energy can be reignited and your hope can be restored. Hi, Faith. Welcome to the podcast. It's so nice to have you here today. Hi, Amber. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. For our listeners who don't have the pleasure of knowing you, give us a nice overview. Who is Faith Judson? Okay, so Faith Judson now is uh, someone who has been a personal trainer and a group fitness coach for the past few years. Um, I started in college working at a gym, doing mostly the sales side of things, and then I transitioned into becoming a personal trainer, mostly doing small group and one-on-one training sessions for a few years. And now where I'm at, I'm doing group fitness, big classes, um, up to 20, 30, 40 people at a time, potentially, as well as I have my own clients on the side where I'll either do training programs or nutrition and accountability coaching for. Thank you so much for that, Faith. And Faith, I need to add this in your intro. My very first memory of meeting Faith (laughs) is at an Orange Theory fitness training for coaches. And I'll never forget, I didn't know her at all. Like, you know, she said, good morning, my name is Faith. And we were learning how to be an Orange Theory coach. And I remember we had to demo 
I don't even remember what the exercise was, but I just remember like, okay, I went to demo. My background is like a bar Pilates teacher. And I remember grabbing like a 20 pound and I was like, wow, that was like really good for me to demo with that. And then Faith comes up there and grabs like a 60 or a 70 pound dumbbell. And I was like, okay. I'm like, that girl doesn't mess around. But I bring that story up because my big why for bringing you on the podcast is because you are one of the strongest women that I know and strong externally. Yes. Like grabbing the 70 pound dumbbell, but very strong internally as well and very grounded in in who you are as a woman. So I'm so excited to have you on today. And I want to hear more about how did you get into fitness? What was your why for even beginning your own fitness journey? Yeah, so um, I would say I started in my fitness journey as, you know, a kid playing sports. I played softball, little league, and then moving into high school, I did track. So um, as a kid, I was active involved in sports my parents would take me to like the track and make us run on summer days (laughs) it was nice outside so I kind of grew up with you know an athletic childhood and athletic background but then once I got into college is when I really started getting into it on my own when I went into college uh, my college didn't have a track team so I was kind of faced with the decision to either just stop playing, playing sports at all or to either kind of just pick it up on my own and um, start working out on my own. So that's kind of when I first really got into working out and lifting. Um, When I first started, I would just run around the track and then go into the weight room and, you know, do whatever variations of lifts that I already knew. Didn't know much more than the basics. Um, Didn't really even know like how to program a workout, just kind of did what I could. And um, I did that for a couple of years throughout college, um, consistently working out, not seeing a ton of results um, because I really didn't understand the nutrition aspect of it. And then I became a personal trainer, um, got certified, started working um, at a gym. And that's when I really started to learn on how to build programs and um, based on people's goals, how to build fitness programs that work for them, how many reps, how many sets, all the details like that. And as I started to get more involved in the fitness side of things, I also started to learn how big nutrition played into the whole process. So I finally kind of started pairing my nutrition with what my fitness goals were. Um, I started to kind of like see those results and those changes in my body that I hadn't seen for such a long time, because finally um, what I was eating matched up with kind of what I wanted to do working out wise. So um, just a personal journey there. It took quite a few years to kind of build myself up to the point where I actually knew what I was doing. So over those couple of years, it was definitely trial and error, but coming out of that and getting to the point where I knew what I was doing, I saw the personal transformation myself. I saw that what I was doing working really made me passionate to want to help other people, whether it was on the fitness or the nutrition side of things. Um, because I went through quite a few years of having to figure things out the hard way. Um, I was like, wow, I did this all myself and I have all this knowledge and experience. How cool would it be if I could help other people and they could avoid all the mistakes that I've made over the years. So went on to get um, another fitness certification to get another nutrition certification. And that's kind of built me up to the point where I am now and kind of why I'm into the fitness setting and why I love it so much is because I want to help people get the results that they're looking for without having to go through the struggle that I did. 
How many years would you say, Faith, when you were, I know you talked about how you went from being an athlete, then in college, you found yourself no longer in a formal sport setting. So you said you would like go to the track, run around and then go to the weight room and do what you could. How long did it last from you not knowing what you were doing? How many years was that until then you figured, oh, wow, like there's actually a science to this. And then from starting at the track to actually seeing your results, how many years, months, like what did that timeline look like? Yeah, I think timeline is definitely something that's really important to talk about. Um, Being consistent every day does eventually build up, but I would say it does take a year, two years to kind of really get to that point from starting to this is what I wanted to look like. And now I finally look like that. So I would say I started college um, in 2016 and I would say probably from 2016 to 2018, I was just kind of doing my own thing. That's when I was just um, running or, you know, lifting on my own. I felt like strong. I was definitely stronger than other people my age who I was going to college with who weren't working out. Um, But again, like we just said, not a ton of results um, that I would expect to see if I was working out every, every single day. So that was kind of in that funky stage for about two years. Um, And then from 2018 to 2020 is kind of when I was getting my first certs, getting into the personal training. And that's really when I started to become a lot stronger of programming my workouts based off of building muscle and building that strength. And I would say over those two years, I did really start to build up kind of my muscle. And then in 2020 is when I started my first, um, what you call a bulk. So I started intentionally eating a lot more food, um, because I did kind of want to shape my body um, and kind of get that look that most women are going for. And I needed to build up a lot more muscle to get there. So that kind of started my first bulk then slowly over, I would say about a year and a half. I just kind of focused on building muscle, eating more, um, learning how much protein, carbs, fat to eat. And then, um, just in the spring of 22 is kind of when I started, um, that cut. So coming off of spending that time building up that base, building up that muscle, finally starting to kind of lower um, my calories a little bit and start to lose some of that fat while focusing on maintaining that muscle that I have built up over the past year and a half. So that's kind of the timeline. It's been about six years of working out for me, um, but it's kind of broken up into those two year sections at a time where now I'm getting to the point where I'm still coming off that cut. Um, still working my way down to get a little bit leaner, getting into more of a bodybuilding style where I'm really sculpting those little musclers, muscles, sculpting my shape, um, and then getting ready to do it all again, go back into another bulk. (laughs) Six years is a really long time to stay committed to something and to show up for yourself. And I know something that we talk a lot about on this podcast is honoring promises you keep to yourself and really establishing a healthy relationship with yourself. And I feel like that story of six years, breaking it up into two year chunks, staying committed to showing up and moving your body, focusing on strength. That's like a a perfect example of that. So take us back to those days where you were going to the track. You didn't really know what you were doing in the weight room. How did you make that decision to make an exercise routine a part of your life? I know it sounded like you were heavily involved in sports. Was that just natural to you? Like 
to always stay active or what was that whole process like for you? Yeah, that's actually a great question because no, it wasn't always just natural. When I first started college, I um, was just in a phase where I was actually barely working out at all. Um, I just, you know, with starting a new phase of life, starting a new schedule, I was having a really hard time um, getting in the gym, maybe once a week, twice a week, like three times a week would have probably been a lot. And even then it wasn't as consistent. So um, it wasn't always natural. It wasn't always easy from the start. Um, but I remember when I was in college, I had this giant calendar on my wall and I would have everything scheduled in. And I just like, remember looking at it one day and being like, there's no reason why I can't schedule time for myself to work out on a daily basis. And so then I started like checking off the days that I would go to the gym and it, you know, I would see one day this week, two days this week, you know, again, maybe three days this week and just kind of visualizing my schedule and starting to write down the days that I was actually going to the gym compared to my whole schedule. I just remember thinking like, okay, I really don't have a good excuse. Like, yes, I'm in college. Yes, I have a job. I have classes. I have homework and, I, and being able to look at my schedule as a whole. I'm like, there's definitely still time I could be working out. I think maybe I'm just not prioritizing or maybe being a little bit lazy. So once I started to intentionally schedule out my workouts, um, set a time for them. Um, this is one of the biggest things I tell people scheduling out your time at the gym, just like you would schedule anything else. You know, you have on your calendar, what time you have to be at work. You have on your calendar, what time your hair appointment is, or as Amber has today, a facial at 5:45. like you schedule out those things that are important to you and that you want to be at. So why would you not schedule out that time at the gym for yourself as well and make that a priority? That's so true. I know for me, that was a big part when I started to get into fitness too, was that moment from not scheduling to scheduling. And then it just seemed so much easier to show up because the, when are you going to do it was taken out of it now. So now, you know, like when you're going to work out, how do you figure out what the heck to do? If you don't know what you're doing, like, what would you say to someone who's so brand new, they maybe never exercised at all they are looking at their week. They picked out three days this week. They're going to move their body. They schedule it into their calendar. What tips would you have for them to start figuring out what, how they're going to spend their time? So for someone that has no idea, has never worked out before, has no idea what to do. It, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It, it's just really starting even by moving your body. So if you're not comfortable going to gym, you don't know what to do at a gym, go for a walk, go for a 20 minute walk, a 30 minute walk, just start moving your body, start getting yourself into that habit of, okay, I'm going to take this time, take this time for myself and start um, prioritizing a fitness routine. So it could be as simple as I'm going to go for a walk, or even if you do go to gym, you're not comfortable yet. Okay. I'm just going to get on the treadmill today. Just going to take a look around the gym as I'm getting used to the layout of the land. If I go to a new gym, I still do that. The first thing I do, go right to the treadmill, start walking on it. So I could kind of scout what's going on, what's open, who's where. So even I still do that now. Um, there's so much, uh, many different apps that you could use today. Um, one of the ones that I first started using was called the Nike Training Club. 
Um, there's a bunch of other great ones, but one of the reasons why I liked that one, I used it a lot during COVID and I always had used it a lot on vacation before I knew how to schedule out my own workouts was that on that one, you could filter by what equipment you have, how much time you have, what type of workout you want to do. So there's all sorts of apps and stuff on your phone. A lot of them are free or for a very, um, you know, low subscription a month that you could use. Or if you do know someone that is a trainer, you could always reach out to them and ask, um, even if they might not be able to help you, they might know of people that could help you. I have just from being in the industry for the past few years now, I know a lot of trainers in this area and there's been times where people have reached out to them. Um, hey, I just know that you're into fitness. Can you help me out? And I've been, then they send them my way. So even just kind of reaching out to those people that you know um, are into fitness, there's so many connections in this industry you're bound to get set up with someone if you're looking for more of that in-depth in-person detail. I never even knew that app existed. So now you have me thinking I should check it out. <laughs> it's a good one. No, but I appreciate what you said too, because it could be so intimidating to walk into a gym and not know where to go or not know what equipment to use. So I really like how you mentioned, even you, when you first go, you walk on the treadmill, you know, get your lay of the land and figure out where you want to go next. I think that's a really good tip. Did you have any setbacks during your, your fitness journey at any point over the span of the past six years? So I have, um, experienced setbacks definitely on the workout side of things. Like I said, initially it was hard for me to kind of get into that routine. I think a big one for a lot of people even was just COVID and having to readjust the types of workouts that you're doing. Um, people who maybe were used to working out in the gym now doing body weight exercises at home or doing a lot more walking, running. I think anytime my schedule changes, whether it's getting a new job or no longer being in college, it's kind of that struggle of, okay, I, maybe I used to be able to work out every afternoon. Now I'm going to have to completely change my schedule, completely readjust my body to now work out every morning. So on the fitness side of things, I think anytime that there is a change in your life, it might be, you know, figuring out a new time or having to figure out a new way to work out those um, kinds of setbacks. I've pretty much always been able to work through just because I personally do love working out and I've always found a way to figure it out. I would say the bigger setbacks for me definitely were on the nutrition side of things. Um, like I said, those first few years, I didn't really know what to do nutrition wise. I spent a lot of my Monday through Thursday eating healthy, but then Friday through Sunday kind of being in that mindset where, oh, it's the weekend, it doesn't matter. Um, calories don't count when in reality they do. Um, working through that setback, I kind of went from a mindset of nutrition doesn't matter as much. And then I kind of went, 180 and flipped all the way to, um, you know, kind of the calories are bad, um, mindset where I became kind of obsessed with how many calories I was burning during my workout. Oh, if I only worked out for this long, I could only eat a smaller snack today and that kind of stuff. And that definitely was a massive setback for me because I think for a time I was so stressed about, um, nutrition and put a lot of stress on myself mentally and physically with maybe even not eating enough that that also 
set me back in terms of results because yeah, eating too much, you're not going to see the results you want, but not eating enough, you're still not going to see the results that you want. So I definitely was on both ends of the spectrum there in terms of setbacks on the fitness or on the nutrition side of things. Um, however, over time, um, I worked on a little things to kind of help me overcome some of those struggles. Um, whether it was just taking out tracking for a time in my life or for a little while, I stopped tracking the calories that I was burning just to be overcome those mental barriers and get to that point where I am now, where I do track my calories still, but mindset wise, I'm a much, much healthier spot where I know why I'm doing it. Um, and I know that it has a purpose and it doesn't stress me out the way it used to anymore because I know that it's for a goal and what I'm eating or not eating is going to only help me towards my goals. I think so many women listening to this podcast, Faith, could relate to that all or nothing thinking. And especially when it comes to nutrition, how did you know when you were first in the phase of you were eating too much on the weekends and, and going wild on the weekends and then being, were you more restrictive during the week then? Yeah. So I don't even know if I would say I was restrictive during the week. I just, I, what I would say was probably consistently healthy during the week. It's just that when the weekend came, it was, you know, all or nothing. And, um, just the surplus I was of food I was eating over the weekends, probably sort of, you know, um, overindulgence on the weekends kind of just wiped out any progress that it would have seen during the week. So then going from that extreme to then making the shift of, I need to eat more to fuel my workouts. What was that like for you internally? Um, so yeah, going from the point where I was, you know, eating too much on the weekends, shifting all the way to the point where I was probably not eating enough. I don't really remember that phase too much or even what got me started on, on that path. Um, probably a lack of knowledge and education, I would assume had a big, big factor in it. But from that time where I wasn't doing great in terms of um, healthy eating, I just remember at that time um, being so stressed about anything that I ate that I thought wasn't healthy. But I also felt like I didn't have complete control to not eat those things that I thought weren't healthy. So I remember like, if I did have like a bowl of ice cream, like I would feel so bad about myself after, um, I would, you know, even contemplate like trying to make myself th throw it up and all that stuff. And, um, there were a couple instances where stuff like that happened. And I remember kind of the breaking point for me um, being the point where I did have, um, I think it was ice cream or something like that. And I just felt so bad about myself. Like I had done something so wrong and, oh, I'm never going to see results now because I had this one bowl of ice cream. Um, and I went and I went on a run and I ran so hard to the point where I felt like I was going to throw up. And I ran into the bathroom, my lips were purple, like I just was not doing good. 
And I went into the bathroom. Um, it was a public bathroom. No one was in there. I'm like, perfect. I'm going to undo this. Like, I'm going to throw up. Um, and I, someone walked into the bathroom in the midst of all that. And for me, it just hit me like, oh my gosh, I was only going to do this because no one was in here. I think it was a godsend that he sent someone in here um, to stop me from doing this. And it was just kind of one of those moments where I was like, this is not, this is not how it's supposed to be. And that was a big turning point for me because I realized, okay, um, something needs to change if I want to live a more sustainable lifestyle and see those results that I want. So I just started kind of deep diving myself personally, what things triggered me at the time, counting calories that I ate and counting calories that I burned when working out were big triggers to me. And so as hard as it was, I stopped. I actually accidentally broke my heart rate monitor. Um, but at the time for me, it was probably the best thing that happened because I literally couldn't track how many calories I was burning anymore. And I just took the time to kind of learn how my body felt when I worked out, how my body felt when I ate certain things, and kind of just took some time for myself to learn how my body responded to things, to learn balance, to trust my instincts, to give myself um, the discipline to eat healthy most of the time, and then also to give myself those um, treats that I like that were rewarding, if that makes sense. That totally makes sense. And I feel like I have a lot of follow-up questions now. I feel like as women, we're so communal in the sense where I just think about Orange Theory and, and how tight-knit of a community it is. And I think about the different pockets of friendships that form and fitness, not even just at Orange Theory, but just in general, I feel like bonds people, especially women. And I know there are periods in my life where I would was friends with people who had similar unhealthy beliefs about food or about exercise. So breaking that cycle, that, that description you just gave was, was so powerful, I think, because it walks through the entire process, like having the ice cream, feeling guilty, even deeper than guilt, like feeling shameful about it, going on the run, having this divine intervention. So I'm wondering what tips would you give a woman listening who is maybe in that unhealthy cycle and maybe is surrounded by other women in her life that reinforce that cycle. Because it sounds like you were in a place where you were able to say like, what the heck am I doing? I really need to get it together. Your heart rate monitor broke. Someone walked, in, walked into the bathroom and it seemed like your mind was made up that you were going to make a change. What would you say to someone who might not be at that point yet, but they're curious about it, but they're surrounded by people doing the same thing? Yeah, for sure. I would say probably the biggest thing is getting help, even though I do feel like, oh, I did this all on my own. I didn't have the direct help of someone. I, I had help indirectly, like my heart rate monitor broke. Um, someone was there. So there was kind of like some sort of an intervention in my life, even if it wasn't a direct individual. Um, but I would say the biggest thing is a lot of women who feel this way, I think they tend to kind of bottle it up. They feel ashamed or guilty that they even feel this way in the first place. And they feel like maybe they can't admit those feelings to anyone. Maybe their friends will judge them um, or think that they're dumb for feeling that way. So I would say to those women, 
just reach out. Even if it's someone who maybe um, is coaching your classes or a, a trainer at your gym, or even if it's someone who maybe like you, Amber, have also, they know I've had personal experience with this as well and are into wellness, um, just reach out. Like I said earlier, there's so many connections in this industry. If you know someone that you trust that you could reach out to, they're probably going to be able to refer you to someone who could get you the help that you need. Yeah. Reaching out for help is, is always key and you never know how someone could help you or what experiences they could share. Because I think, like you said, Faith, sometimes when you're in that situation, you feel so alone when really other people could relate to that too. You never know, or could at least direct you to um, a resource too. So I definitely appreciate you sharing that. Now, now that we know where you've been and all the different habits you've created and where you're at in, in your journey right now, how has fitness and overall wellness changed you emotionally or, or shaped your emotional well-being? I really like this question a lot because I think when we talk about health and fitness and nutrition, we do like focus a lot on the physical, which obviously the physical is what everyone sees. So of course it makes sense. And I think a lot of motivation for working out and eating the right way is physic for physical results, but there is definitely a massive um, mental and emotional aspect to it as well. I would say one of the biggest things as um, working out has done for me internally is definitely helped me become a more confident person in general. Um, not only have I physically gotten stronger, but I've mentally gotten stronger. I joke around all the time and I tell people I start every morning by going to the gym and torturing myself for an hour. Like there's, there's nothing I can't do. Um, and as funny as it is to say that it's true, like putting yourself through the mental and emotional aspects of challenging yourself, making yourself go to failure some days, um, going when you don't feel like going, all those things not only help you become physically stronger, um, but they also have become help you become mentally stronger as well. And I think with that, just the growing confidence that you have of not only becoming physically stronger, but also the growing confidence when you start to be able to overcome those maybe excuses that you used to come up with in your head or when you start to um, over discipline that you used to have before and building those habits not only um, are you seeing it physically but you're also seeing yourself become a more disciplined individual because you're choosing to do things that maybe you don't feel like doing all the time you nailed that nailed it especially when you equated it to <laughs> to torture it made me laugh because I think there's sometimes a misconception where, oh, you teach fitness, you, you love it. Like you go every day because you love it. And yeah, there's days where you finish a workout and you feel on top of the world. But if I had to say like out of seven days, if I'm meeting my BFF Gabby at Orange Theory and if it's Coach Bates class, like I'm a little more pumped to be there, but it's sometimes not like a woohoo I get to work out today, but we do it for the end result and for, for, earning that mental toughness and creating that discipline. And it doesn't always feel wonderful to start, even when you've been doing it for years and years, but it's a discipline. And I like that you use that word so much because I think often it's painted as, oh, we do it for funsies or we do it for the external results, which is true, but there, it's so much deeper than that. So I'm, I'm so glad that you mentioned that. What would you say to someone who is struggling with all or nothing thinking? who is in that place where 
they might be on a hot streak workout for say like new year, new me, they're coming out hot January, February, and then they fall off the wagon and it's now August. What would you say to that person listening? I think the biggest thing with that is that usually people who are kind of on that high, oh, I'm going to get into working out now. Oh, I'm going to see these results. Oh, it's a new year, new me type thing. A lot of that is coming from motivation, which motivation isn't a bad thing. A lot of times motivation is what helps us get started. But what's going to keep us going is the discipline aspect of things. At this point um, in my life, you know, six years into working out on my own, am I motivated every single morning to go to the gym? No. This morning I was tired. I was running 10 minutes late. My energy drink was warm and I had bags under my eyes. So no, um, I don't feel motivated every day. However, because I have made working out every morning a habit, I have become disciplined in that area of my life that doesn't matter what I feel like in the morning when I wake up. I know when my alarm goes off, I'm getting up, I'm getting ready and I'm going to the gym. So I think the biggest difference is kind of what are you relying on? Are you relying on your temporary motivation and kind of that emotional aspect of things? Or are you relying more so on the discipline that this is something that you are going to do because you know it's what you need to do and you know it's going to help you become better? All about the long haul, the discipline. I like that. What does your self-care practice look like? So self-care is definitely something that I've more recently been getting into Um, yes, I've worked out for a long time and yes, I've I've eaten healthy for a long time, but for a while, that's really all it was for me. I didn't have great self care practices outside of that. Um, and so I think that, um, more so recently, just as I've learned and grown as an individual and kind of just learn how I function, those are definitely things that I've been trying to incorporate into my life on a more so daily basis. Am I perfect at them? Not yet, Um, but some of the things that I've been working on yesterday was actually one full month of taking a cold shower every morning, Um, freezing cold shower, Um, but there are a lot of physical benefits to it. It helps reduce stress. It helps over time reduce your resting heart rate. It definitely is another mental and physical challenge to get under that freezing cold water in the morning and just embrace it and uh, work through it. So that's something that I've been adding into my morning routine. And I will say it definitely does get easier over time. So if you sound, if you're like, that sounds awful, um, you do get used to it over time and it does get easier. And it's actually to the point where just a month in, I actually really am starting to enjoy it. Um, I was like tempted the other day to not, not put the water on cold and like, I actually was like, no, I don't, I don't feel like I even want to take that warm shower anymore because cold showers, they just give you this energy boost that is kind of unexplainable. So that's something I've added in my morning routine. Something that I'm trying to add more so into my nighttime routine is when I get in bed reading a book instead of scrolling on my phone or scrolling social media, which I know is a big one for everyone. And again, this is definitely not one that I'm perfect at, but something that I've noticed is the nights where I do read my book when I get in bed, I kind of slowly and uh, 
you know, quicker than on my phone, but a nice pace kind of wind down and get a little bit sleepy. And while I'm doing that, I'm also adding to my knowledge, benefiting myself mentally instead of just, you know, scrolling with that bright light through your phone and ending the day, not mindfully at all. Oh, I know that feeling. I know that feeling of scrolling and like your eyes start to fall asleep, but you can't stop. I know that feeling too well. What are you currently reading? So the book that I'm currently reading, it's the Wim Hof Method. So this is actually where I got the cold showers from, um, but he's big into cold plunges, um, just all the effects that it has on your body, kind of aligning your mind with your body as well. He goes through different breathing techniques um, and kind of how to align your mental and physical um, all together. So I'm still working through that one, but I did put the cold showers into practice, um, even though I'm not through. And even if that's all I get from the book, it's definitely changed my day-to-day a lot. So I need to know, is it just a quick like two-minute blast or is it an entire cold shower? So what I've been doing is I kind of start my shower at like a normal temperature and then you step out, put it all the way cold, as cold as you can make your shower and then step back into it. And they, he recommends to build up. So, you know, I started for just 30 seconds at a time. I would literally count 30 seconds in my head. Like, when is this going to be over? When is this going to be over? And as soon as it hit 30, I'd step away. And now I'm kind of at that point where... I'm probably closer to a minute, but I don't even count anymore because that it's just kind of enjoyable to feel like you're able to do something that you weren't able to do before. And it really does give you a, this energy boost that's you kind of just have to try for yourself. Around what day did it turn from, oh my God, when is this 30 minutes, this 30 seconds going to end to, you know, I'm about at a minute now. Like when did, when was the shift for you? Yeah, I think um, the first like week was probably probably pretty hard, but I think even when I first started to notice like, oh wait, this is something that I'm going to get used to is I went on a weekend trip, I think a week or two into it. And like, even at my hotel, I, I did it. And I'm like, wow, this is really starting to become like a habit for me. Like I'm not at my house. Um, I'm away, like my whole schedule is messed up and I still just made time for this cold shower. Um, so I would say like a week or two in is kind of when I noticed like, wow, this is becoming a priority to me, probably because I'm starting to notice the benefits from it already. Do, even doing it on vacation is a big deal. I've been doing it on vacation. <laughs> that's how you know, that's how you know to an exercise is a discipline is when it's so mm-hmm. ingrained in your routine that you're not like, I'm on vacation. I'm not going to do it at all. You actually want to do it. And it's a part of your routine. I think that's pretty awesome. That that's when you know, you, you really are making a, a habit for yourself. Congrats on doing that. That's hard. It, it is, but it's, it's definitely worth it. Faith. It's been such a pleasure. Tell us what is one takeaway you want to leave our listeners with today. One takeaway that I'd like to leave everyone with is actually something that's come up a couple times for me this week. Um, a couple of people have already asked me this question this week. So it's been on top of my mind, but the question has been, what do I do if I am experiencing a setback? Like I got off track, what do I do from there? And the short answer um, that I shared today with some of my own clients is that you kind of have two options. 
you could either stay set back or you could accept that you experience a setback and decide to move forward. So those are really the two options. And I think when you break it down that way, um, do you want to stay set back or do you want to pick up and move forward? It's never too late to get back on track. It's never too late to start. And I think remembering those things, it doesn't matter how many days, weeks, months, maybe even years it's been, it's never too late. Amen to that, Faith. Faith, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Amber. It was great chatting with you. Hey friend, before you leave, please head on over to iTunes podcast and search for Heal Your Burnout. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, give us a five-star review and help us spread the word about our show. I would love to connect with you on social media. My Instagram handle is at Amber underscore Connolly underscore. And until next time, I'm sending you so much love and light, and I can't wait to keep moving forward with you.